What is up, everybody? We are here with the Silver Screen and Roll post-game show uh, today with me, Christian Rivas, and Sabrina Merchant. And um, I'm I'm going to be honest. I This post-game show could have gone one of two ways, as most basketball games do. Uh, and it, for exactly two seconds, it seemed like it was going to go another way. Luckily, it didn't because... With two seconds left on the shot clock, Anthony Davis hit arguably the biggest shot of his NBA career, uh, giving the Lakers a 104-103, or sorry, 105-103 win over the Denver Nuggets in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. Sabrina, thoughts, first reactions, where were you? So I was, this is the first playoff game actually I've had watched by myself just sitting in the living room on my own because my my family had uh, other things to do today uh i've lost my voice a little bit i hope it doesn't come off too much in the process because i was yelling obscenities at the television for most of that fourth quarter and then just sheer jubilation at the final shot uh let's just say the lakers did not deserve to win this game oh Uh, absolutely not you know now we're both lakers fans we we love our team very much one superstar was there in the second half. The other one, I don't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah. I, he used, Thank goodness we have two of them. <laughs> yeah. LeBron scored 20 points in the first half, had 26 points in the, or, uh, by the end of the game, was a negative nine in the box score, which was the lowest on the team by second only to Markeith Morris, who played nine minutes. So. Uh, wasn't a great night for LeBron James, at least like on paper, I guess, if you want to say that. But mm-hmm. it is a night that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, as long as they're teammates, will never forget. And even long after their teammates, <laughs> uh, that was incredible. I So let's start by breaking down the shot or mm-hmm. the, the situation that led up to it. Nikola, Nikola Jokic took over towards that end of the ga- that game, bullied Anthony Davis in the post to get like a hook shot off, and all of his shots look like they're in slow motion. And seeing that shot go in in slow motion hurt me personally. And then, it was a lot like the shot he took to win Game Seven against Utah. Actually, I yes. think it was the exact same play design uh, over what we would argue is a better defensive player in Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert, <laughs> but still two excellent defensive players who Jokic just said, I don't care that you're here. Yes. This is going in. Then he had another tap in, which I don't know. He's really good. He's a really good basketball player. by physics, that tap in. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Lakers had a timeout, took it obviously because – it's an end of game situation. You want to get the best shot you possibly can. They drew up or maybe they didn't draw drop. It just ended up in Alex Caruso's hands, a three pointer for Alex Caruso. And if that shot would have gone in, I would have lost it. It would have been tattoo Argu- time for Christian Rivas. If that shot had gone in. <laughs> <laughs> it might've been where, where did he end the game? Now I think the rule is 20 points though. Game winner, a in, the Western game Conference winner Finals. in the Western conference finals would have qualified. I, yeah, I agree. Um, I would have lost it. They did not get that shot off. By some miracle, they were able to get the rebound. And Danny Green, I believe, 
took a mid-range shot that was knocked out of bounds by Jamal Murray. Uh, I say knocked out of bounds because I want to give him credit for the block. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so the Lakers were out of timeouts. Whatever they were going to run was going to be from their minds. There was no uh, play out of a timeout to give Frank Vogel credit for. It might be a late-game situation they ran in practice uh, that they leaned on, but um, as much credit as Anthony Davis deserves for that shot, that inbounds pass by Rajon Rondo, incredible. <laughs> Playoff Rondo hadn't shown up up until that point. Yeah, it's. Uh, I was saying this in the Slack earlier, but uh, it was it was not a good Rondo game. Not a good Kuzma game. I believe you tweeted on Twitter that uh, we were not getting playoff Rondo or bubble Kuz. Yeah. Both problems. But Rondo had been super sloppy for most of this game. I don't know what he was doing threading some of these passes. He, of course, in classic Rondo fashion, hit a ridiculous step back three, but then could not hit a wide open corner three that was perfectly in the rhythm of the offense because that would not be in the vogue of Rajan Rondo. Uh, But yeah. Perfectly executed in bounce pass. That's why you bring him in instead of Caruso in that situation because you need something pinpoint. And he rose to the occasion. And then, of course, his dear friend from New Orleans, Anthony Davis, hits the game winner in what I believe was the same spot as the last game pre-hiatus when Anthony Davis had a chance to hit the game winner against Brooklyn but missed it. This one he did not miss. Um, He said he didn't want to lose in the Mamba jerseys. And... I'm one of those people who thinks that Kobe has been brought up a little too much in this postseason run, but the act of being outplayed by your opponent and then just coming up with some miracle nonsense at the end, it's kind of a very fitting tribute to Kobe Bryant, <laughs> especially when you think about it's been 10 years since the Lakers made the conference finals in that 2009, 2010 season. This is all Kobe did all year. It's just <laughs> game winners after game winners when the Lakers didn't have it. And I really felt that when Anthony Davis hit that shot. I remembered uh, Kobe hitting a three-pointer against Sacramento from a very similar spot to win a game that season. That's what it reminded me of more than 80 shot against Brooklyn, which it probably shouldn't because 10 years ago, entirely different situation. But I'm so glad we didn't lose in these jerseys. I really am. I'm just so (laughs) glad we went up 2-0 on this team because, goddamn, that is an impressive Denver team. Every time we put Houston away, they didn't really come back. Yeah, Denver – they come back. I So I did the mistake of texting my friend at halftime saying this one's over because it just – it looked – like I understand, and I wrote in my recap, I didn't get the same vibe from this game that I got last game, even at <laughs> halftime. Like nothing about the game made me think that the Lakers were in total control. And th- this was one of the first games I felt that the Lakers needed – everything they could get out of LeBron James. Like this was the first time I felt the Lakers needed a LeBron James takeover game or an Anthony Davis takeover game to come out on top. And it's natural to expect more of those types of games as you get later into the postseason. It just hadn't happened yet. And I thought to an extent, like maybe it just won't happen. Like maybe this team just doesn't need like a dominant LeBron or AD performance. Um, they did. They needed yes. <laughs> every one of those points. The same way the Nuggets needed every one of their free throws tonight. Uh, PJ um, Dozier, man. <laughs> rough. Rough for them. Not for me. Um, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. I did not expect 
the Nuggets to crawl back and fight the way they did. It was wildly impressive. I have nothing but respect for this team, especially compared to the teams uh, the Lakers have seen so far. But it is a make-or-miss league. They missed their free throws. The Lakers made their buzzer beater. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, uh, it's. I feel a little guilty, you know, winning this game when the Nuggets clearly out-executed the Lakers <laughs> down the stretch and fought really hard and just just played so well. I mean, to think of all the teams that we've played in the postseason, this is the one we're up 2-0 on. Like, that's not fair. This is not the team that deserves to be down to the Lakers as opposed to the Trailblazers and the Rockets. But, you know, that was just such a beautiful three-pointer. Just that, so beautiful. And then Jared Dudley just, like, got clocked on the celebration. <laughs> I don't have the numbers in front of me currently. But the amount of shots Anthony Davis has hit from the non-restricted area from the regular season to the postseason. I know we talk about like Rondo activating playoff mode. I don't know what happened with Anthony Davis, but it just seems like he's hitting more shots like from mm-hmm. everywhere on the floor. And so if this were the regular season and Anthony Davis had that shot, I don't know how I would have felt when it left his hands. I felt good about it. I, I said, this is either going to just miss or make it in. And thank God it made it in. And I screamed as the loudest I've screamed on a Lakers shot since Rondo's game winner over the Celtics last season. That's a fun night. That was actually the first game uh, Sasha and I recorded a podcast afterwards. That was a good time. (laughs) And now Sasha is on to bigger and better things. And I am new Sasha. You're new Sasha. (laughs) But yeah, it was uh so Kirk's Goldberg uh, Goldberry, Kirk Goldberry just tweeted out uh, Anthony just hit the first game winning buzzer beater by a Lakers player when trailing in a playoff game since Kobe Bryant in two thousand six. A fitting tribute to Kobe Bryant. Oh yeah, that elbow jumper against Phoenix and just pulling his jersey yeah. aside and screaming. That's that was a moment. I actually listened to that on the radio. <laughs> I so okay. Pass. We'll 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 talk about the game eventually. Mm-hmm. I still want to focus on the shot. How would you grade Anthony Davis' reaction and the following bench reaction in terms of like buzzer beaters? Uh, it was pure mayhem. Um, I almost think they were more hyped for Caruso's dunk in the first half. This was just sort of like, oh my God, this happened. Like, have no idea how to comprehend your emotions right now. Like I mentioned earlier, I think Jared Dudley just like fell when they were all running to Davis and like everybody jumped up and somebody just landed on the floor. Uh, Davis was perfect. That is exactly how you respond to a buzzer beater because he was just like doing the brow thing. First of all, put his, fingers on his eyebrow multiple times which good for you with the branding (laughs) completely composed the whole way but also very much like this is my game i wanted the shot i made the shot i am not surprised about this uh, which was very cool but i i didn't i didn't actually catch it in the uh the post game interview did he say that like we just protected home court we're up to nothing because i was really hoping he would say oh no i i so the only thing I caught from at least the TNT post game interview, um, 
Anthony Davis coming off of again the biggest shot he's hit in his career, uh-huh. like bearing a three point make in the NBA Finals, the biggest shot he'll probably hit in his career. Charles Barkley asks him, "Ad, why is it on some nights that you're not aggressive?" Oh my god! <laughs> this is after at halftime. Charles Barkley's like, I don't know, man. Like, Anthony Davis is just too much of a nice guy. He doesn't have the killer mentality. He should be the best player in the league, but he just doesn't have it. LeBron doesn't have it. This is as close to Charles Barkley guaranteeing that (laughs) Anthony Davis is going to do something good in the second half. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) I mean, it almost – I think it cancels out his guarantee from before the series started. So, Lakers fans should be good now. Um, but I was, yeah, I, I don't know what I was expecting from the bench, given that there's no crowd. I would have liked to see a little more like, I, I, but I think at that point it was just relief more than it was pure unadulterated jubilation the way the Alex Caruso dunk was. Yeah. Because like during the dunk, you know, you have time, right? Like during the timeout and like, as the play is unfolding to sort of script things and you can interact with your teammates like there's just there's no time to think on a buzzer beater right there's yeah. just absolutely none it's just complete utter pandemonium bedlam whatever you want to call it uh there's just instinct right and so it's just swarm the guy swarm the guy and let's hope he doesn't get injured i'm actually seeing now that <laughs> when anthony davis ran towards the bench and celebrated before he jumped in to the arms of alex caruso he did mouth the words Kobe, which is a touching tribute, as touching of a tribute as I've ever seen, especially at this level. Like, you can say Kobe at the end of a regular season, like buzzer-beating three-pointer, and that's fine. But a Western Conference Finals game-winning three-pointer in the Mamba jerseys in a Lakers uniform, you just can't beat it. It's, it's pretty perfect. Honestly, it's uh, like I said, you know, I, I feel like we maybe bring up Kobe too much in terms of what he means to this team because they obviously had their own championship aspirations before yeah. everything happened in January. This was obviously a team that was on track or at least wanted to be in position to compete, you know, for a championship. So it's not like they're just doing it in his memory, but what what a beautiful tribute. Just yeah, just perfect. Uh- <laughs> We are going to take a quick break and then we will come back and talk about the game as a whole and not just the buzzer beater as much as we'd like to fill half an hour with buzzer beater talk. So we'll be back. Sabrina, you alluded to this, have alluded to this, I should say, throughout the show. The Lakers did not deserve that win. Frank Vogel made some questionable substitutions at points of the game. And I don't blame him. Like, I think if this were the regular season, I would have said, you know, Rondo and Kuzma have shown who they are. Please take them out. Rondo and Kuzma showed who they were in the regular season today. Did not look good. Uh, and Vogel didn't take them out. Like, he kept them in the game for far too long, and the the Lakers nearly lost because of it. And for some that, – that's my first issue – before we go any further, though, I, I have thoughts, but I, I'll kick it to you because I know I can ramble. 
Well, let, let's start with the first half, all right? I thought the Lakers played a really nice first half. Right. They uh, got things started well in the first quarter. You know, uh, LeBron obviously was making everything that he would, wanted to. Uh, I should actually rephrase that. The, LeBron was really good in the first quarter. The Lakers took a little bit of time to catch up. And then I guess once the rest of the Lakers catch up, LeBron was like, oh, well, it's not my turn anymore. <laughs> but, <laughs> LeBron was great. Um, really good defensive intensity in the first quarter, which was a problem in game one, you know when they let uh, the Nuggets put up 38 in that first period. But, you know, then Alex Caruso comes in and just a little more jolt of energy is delivered to the Lakers, as is the case when Alex Caruso comes into games. And, of course, he gets what I assumed was going to be the play of the game on a little, like, trap with him. And was it Caruso and uh, Dwight on that dunk? I think it was Caruso and Dwight were, like, double-teaming someone. They get a steal and then – Alex Bruce just goes and yeah. yams on the other end. And it was a good it was, one. It was a good one, right? It was. I haven't seen Caruso dunk like that in some time. It was a good one. The so there were a, like two shots I th- I thought were going to be the shots or plays of the game. The Alex Caruso dunk just off of like pure entertainment factor. Mm-hmm. The other one was the shot that Anthony Davis hit. The step back three pointer Anthony Davis hit to put the Lakers up eight. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, well we're good. This is good. Yeah. Uh, th- this is gonna be the shot we look back at and say, this won the Lakers the game. Yeah, it was not in three minutes. Felt like enough. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Davis topped it. He topped himself, and uh, so it. Uh, again, I will not get dragged into talking about <laughs> the buzzer beater again. Um, first half Lakers great. Third quarter Lakers, not great, less great. Um, and it, I, I really hate to like pile on Rondo because I think he has done good things for the Lakers as of late. This was not a Rondo game. This was not a Kuzma game. And surprising, like to my surprise, it wasn't a Dwight Howard game either. Yeah, that's what was really unfortunate to me because uh, I thought we'd figured out how to use Dwight Howard in game one and then – Malone did something interesting, which was he kept him on the bench a little bit longer in the second so that Dwight couldn't come in until much later. And then at that point, Dwight was just like a little too amped for this situation. And the way they called the game in game one was not the way this game was called, which I think was for the betterment of the overall flow, but not for the betterment of the way Dwight Howard wants to play basketball. So that didn't quite work. Uh, If you're going to bring in Dwight to match up with Jokic, I think you got to do it earlier. Like, I know that the Lakers like to do that 80 at the five lineup to end the first quarter. Uh, they obviously didn't start Dwight. They kept JaVale in that position. I don't love either of those decisions. I mean, yeah. if you want to keep that 80 at the five rotation, then just start Dwight or start him at the second half. Uh, because once again, I don't really think JaVale gave them much of anything. Um, you know, statistically, his, his box score looks fine. He got five rebounds. Uh, he had just potentially the most ridiculous play of the game again pre-game winner when KCP drove and lobbed it to JaVale and then JaVale like just sort of finished it on the other side of the hoop I understand JaVale can finish any kind of lob I did not know he could finish a KCP lob that was not something that I thought was going to happen (laughs) uh yeah so that that sort of threw me off a little bit but (laughs) KCP and Danny Green lobs are the testament of a true throw down lob dunker like if you can catch those you can catch anything Dwight had a really pretty lob dunk in mm-hmm. the first half that 
I thought was really cool and I thought was going to be a sign of what was to come from Dwight in that game following his uh, inspiring performance in game one. Didn't happen. I am of the belief that it would be like borderline irresponsible for Frank Vogel not to start Dwight Howard in game three. Like, I understand him not wanting to make a drastic change after game one to an extent. I still think it should have been done. I think Dwight should be the starting center in game three. I mean, I agree with you. Uh, obviously, Frank realized that he needed to keep Dwight in late in the game, and I I don't think it was his fault that Jokic went off at the end. You know, I think a lot of the problem was that the Lakers were just willingly switching on actions with Jokic, which right. led to far too many possessions of Alex Caruso guarding Jokic, which Caruso can do a great many things on a basketball court, more than most people seem to recognize. He cannot guard Nikola Jokic. <laughs> Just cannot do it. Yeah. There was maybe one possession in the first half where he fronted him and successfully denied an entry pass. And then there was one possession in the second half where he sort of shaded him a little bit baseline and Jokic got a little off balance. Everything else, it was just practice jumper over Alex Caruso's head, which I don't know what else you could expect to happen. And then when they threw a double at him, it was just Jokic carving up the defense and finding somebody for an open jumper or a cutting guy. So I would like the Lakers to be a little bit more disciplined on those actions I mean, I get it. Like, if Anthony Davis is guarding Jokic and they run a two-man action with Murray, Davis feels comfortable switching on to Murray. He was very good when switched on to Murray. Yeah. But the problem is you get the ball back to Jokic, and it's no longer a good situation for the Lakers' defense. I, so, I mean, and it seems like simple logic. If Nikola Jokic is in the game, you want your two best post defenders in the game. Mm-hmm. JaVale McGee, I don't know, is in the top five best post defenders on the Lakers. <laughs> like, it's just not his strong suit. I think he's very athletic. I think he blocks difficult shots sometimes, but mm-hmm. th- the same way that the Rocket series wasn't a Dwight Howard series, this just isn't a JaVale series. Like, and I think Frank Vogel probably feels some guilt having to sit JaVale in another series, but this is the playoffs, man. Like you, you have to make tough calls like that. And I think that was the easiest call of the night for him to make it. And he didn't. And they nearly lost because of it. Uh, looking to the positives though, unless you have any final thoughts on that. Uh, I do have one more negative. If we're going to switch okay, yes, fully into positives. Uh, <laughs> the Lakers did not. Okay. So they TNT cut to Frank Vogel during one huddle in the fourth quarter. And he said, quote, our offensive swag is going to win us this game. <laughs> Our offensive swag. Now, far be it for me to dispute with Frank Vogel and swag because it has carried him this far. And I assume that was what led Anthony Davis to that game-winning three-pointer. Yes. However, for most of the fourth quarter, the Lakers were not running offense. It was LeBron James dribbling the ball up the court, dribbling the air out of the ball, and then taking step-back jumpers, or driving indiscriminately, uh, and nothing really happening there. Uh, there was one really good play design that ended up with a Rajon Rondo corner three, which maybe disputes the fact that it was really good play design to begin with, because why would you want that to be the outcome of a play? But for pretty much every possession in the fourth quarter, I left thinking, what in the world were the Lakers doing there? And they got bailed out by that Anthony Davis three that you mentioned, the one that put them up 192. They got bailed out by a Rajon Rondo step back three, because of course, And they got bailed out by a Contavious Caldwell-Pope corner three, which he had to take late in the clock, which he wasn't even sure he was supposed to be on the court. He thought he was being subbed out on the previous possession for Danny Green. Those, what, like nine points, I think, were 
the bulk of the Lakers offense in that final period. Not, not a great look. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't a strong night for the Lakers offense. Um, like Danny Green hit some big shots. Did not hit many of them. It was <laughs> four of fourteen from the field, three of ten from behind the arc. Um, Honestly, though, I thought he was great. Yeah. Okay. That <laughs> is the thing. It's like as long as you hit the ones that count, that's what matters. LeBron James scored twenty points in the first half. Like obviously, nobody expecting Danny to do that. But the big ones are the ones that count. That is why tonight my heart hurts for Alex Caruso because I thought he was fantastic too. Like mm-hmm. I thought he had another really good game. Uh, and from a shooting perspective, he had a really good game too. Three of six from the field, uh, a less than stellar one from one of four from three, but that's what we've come to expect from Caruso. Unfortunately, that last three point shot, Sabrina, <laughs> I wanted so bad, like even knowing the consequences for myself, <laughs> The shambles Utah Jazz Twitter would have been if Alex Caruso hit a three-point game-winning shot in the Western Conference Finals would have made it would have made the tattoo worth it. Alas, we have to settle for an Anthony Davis three-point winner. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, um, Alex Caruso, if that shot goes in, there's probably still some time left for Nikola Jokic to stomp on us once more. Yeah, uh, so that, that worked out okay. Okay, but we we can turn to the positives. Uh, I think we hit on a couple here, right? Danny Green on the glass, I thought was excellent. Um, he just gets in there for offensive rebounds. And nobody boxes him out ever, ever. Uh, I think he even got one offensive rebound taken away because Dwight was, you know, jostling with Jokic underneath the basket. But I thought Dwight was great, and I thought he hit – I mean, Danny Green was great, and he hit a really important three – when the Nuggets had just taken their first lead of the second half, 87-86, on a Jamal Murray layup. And then Braun just gets it down to Danny really quick in transition. He hits a three. The camera got in on his face just a little bit while he was going down the court. He was smirking so hard. <laughs> I loved it. It was, yeah. I Postseason Danny is real. I think I had fans of both. The Spurs and Raptors going into the postseason and like throughout the regular season when I was asking like, all right, what is this? What are we doing here? <laughs> and I, I, I think there was a tweet I sent out asking what Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma get you in the offseason. And one of the first replies was, buddy, the playoffs are going to roll around and you wouldn't trade and you're not going to want to trade Danny Green for anybody in the world. And I don't know if I'd go that far, but it would definitely he, – he's definitely changed my mind. Um, he's been great, and I hope he continues to be great while hitting three-pointers. Um, LeBron – first half, LeBron James was obviously a big positive. Um, I will say, though, for the first time as a Lakers fan, I felt the frustration that a lot of Cavaliers and Heat fans – feel towards LeBron James at the end of games. You just want him to take it to the hole and dominate. He did not do that. He wants to make the play that gives the Lakers the best shot with the game on the line because he's a high IQ basketball player, a real team player. Sometimes I don't care about that, though. Sometimes I just want to see LeBron James score points because I know he's capable. So that was a new experience for me. I hope the Lakers don't put themselves in positions where they're in that scenario often where they need LeBron James to score those points. But uh, yeah, that was, that was definitely a new feeling for me. 
I did feel a little bit of sympathy for LeBron James because the one time he actually took it to the rack and tried to score, he just fell on a wet spot. <laughs> and that's not his fault. You know, yeah. it just happens because the courts in Orlando are terrible. But <laughs> the, the one time he made the right play. I I mean, otherwise, um, Kyle Kuzma is good when he's cutting, not when he's trying to prove that he is just as good as Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> I thought that was weird. Some I don't know. Really what... on point analysis from C Web there. I got yeah. Tell you. I uh, as soon as I heard that, I was like, that is probably true. Like yeah. Kyle Kuzma wants to show he too is a young player capable of getting his own. Uh, love Kuz. Think he has that potential in him this was not the game uh i may have already listed off his shooting line but in case i didn't he was three of seven from the field oh of three from three and it seemed like every shot he took in that third quarter just didn't go in so he just felt off balance the whole time um there was one play he got this really nice reverse layup when danny green drove to the rim and then like who's cut and got him a nice finish i thought that was gonna be something of a turning point I highlighted a lot of what I thought were going to be turning points where the Lakers had like nice things. I was like, okay, maybe this will get them back in order. And it just did it. What a game. What a game. Um, Before we head out, Sabrina, do you have any final thoughts or uh, about the game or just going into game three? I think the Lakers needed to be tested for a full 48 minutes. Um, not to say that like the Nuggets didn't try in game one because they off, they awfully did, you know, it's just, I mean, Jokic and Murray didn't play in the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. Malone saw the writing on the wall. This was probably not going to be the night for either of them. And he just let them go. And it's been a while since the Lakers have had to compete for a full 48 minutes because again, I brought this up earlier in the show, the Rockets just did not do that. Yeah. Uh, And Portland didn't really have the talent to do that for most of the series. Correct. So this was a good, I hope, I hope it was a good wake up call for the Lakers because this is not a team you can take lightly. The Nuggets are really, really good. Yeah. I mean, they have some, they have some things that, you know, you can hone in on some things that the Lakers should have advantages in. Uh, I thought, you know, LeBron exploited those advantages in the first half. And then I'm hoping it's nothing growing related. That's why he didn't want to drive. I'm really hoping that's what the case is. Uh, because I just I get worried every time I see LeBron being a little passive, but yeah, that Jokic Murray two man game is is a bear. It is difficult. Um, I hope the Lakers make adjustments regarding how they want to cover that, because as as delightful as it is to see AD force Jamal Murray into these ridiculous jump passes, that's not it's not worth it. You know when Jokic gets to just eat on whatever little guard is guarding him. Yeah. So, best case scenario is. The Lakers got to win in a game when they probably should not have, and they use this as a jumping off point to be better because they're going to need to be better. I think it's film for Frank to go over. Mm-hmm. Like they obviously blew the Nuggets out, and now they saw the Jokic Murray two man game in action. What it what Jokic is capable of when his shots are falling, and I think there's a lot for them to build on. I think again the easiest adjustment you can make into game going into game three is to tether Howard and Jokic's minutes together. I understand it's a big ask, especially because they like playing Anthony Davis at the five. Um, but I mean, it, again, 
Jokic is in the game. You need Dwight and AD in the game. And you live with the results with uh, Caruso, KCP, or Green out on the perimeter with Murray. Um, I mean, otherwise, I think the the first half, I think, is more what we should expect of the Lakers. I think the third quarter was a bit of, of a statistical anomaly, at least in terms of what the Lakers have shown in the postseason so far. Uh, so we can... I mean, all we can do is hope that's the case going forward. And if it's not, we have to pray that Frank Vogel knows when to take Rondo and Kuzma out. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully Rondo is better. You know, he just he just makes enough good plays that you understand why Frank is keeping him in. Right. Like five turnovers. And some of those were not like, oh, he was making the right pass and like Denver got in the way. No, it was Rondo being a little too Rondo. And never go full Rondo. Never go full Rondo. <laughs> if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, that's that should be it. Hey, but you know, game winning assist. So 2 0 <laughs> going into Tuesday. <laughs> Feels good. Uh, Sabrina, thank you so much for sitting down with me to talk about this game. I'm sure we will be talking about it a lot leading up to Tuesday, and you guys will be talking about it at home. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys all again tomorrow. Maybe not Sabrina and I specifically, but you'll hear from somebody. See ya.